Ladies and gentlemen, please notice that exits are conveniently located at the front and rear of this auditorium. When leaving the theater, we suggest that the exit at the front of the auditorium will allow you easier access to the parking areas. Thank you. I got a six-year-old in my calculus class in college. It's going to take my job. What is this nonsense? Comic Sans? Butler had never seen this film, and I got the indication that he hated it. She's like, you pussy, get back in the game. He rebels against maturity by taking a job at a movie theater. Oh, no, I'm sorry. That's me. At a video store. Well, this is now owned by Disney, so you're going to see a remake at some point. Hi, I'm Mike Butler. And I'm Mike Field. And you're listening to the Forgotten Cinema Podcast. Each episode, we highlight a film that for a variety of reasons was forgotten by audiences. Whether it be because a more popular movie was released at the same time, or the film simply didn't catch on with an audience in its initial run. We'll discuss what we love about the movie, or maybe don't love about it, but we'll always recommend you revisit it. If you enjoy our podcast, we want to hear from you. We're on Instagram and Facebook. Find us. Our podcast is available on all platforms with a backlog of 175 episodes for your listening pleasure. How's it going? Going pretty good. I got the high score in uh, my local uh, arcade machine, you know, down by uh, the liquor store, <laughs> as it were. And uh, <laughs> by, your you know, tra- by your trailer park? Right by my trailer park. And I got contacted <laughs> by some aliens and, you know, now I'm uh, I'm a galactic hero. <laughs> you got it's the same old story. City. I'm sure it's happened to you before. <laughs> Tale as old as time. <laughs> <laughs> Especially if you read the book Armada. <clears throat> I brought that up before. Uh, that's right. We are doing the last Starfighter this week from 1984. So it's uh, way before Butler was born, about four years, right? Three years? Uh, four three years. years, yep. Three years. Yes, nice. Let's get into that <laughs> synopsis. And then we'll get into those facts. Okay. After fi- oh, okay, you're going to cut me off now? Right, here we go. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> After finally achieving the high score on Starfighter, his favorite arcade game, everyday teenager Alex Rogan meets the game's designer, Centauri, who reveals that he created Starfighter as a training ground for developing and recruiting actual pilots to help fight a war in space. Whisked away from the banality of his trailer park life to a distant alien planet, Alex struggles to use his video game playing skills to pilot a real ship with real lives at stake. <laughs> yeah, um, I, okay. I mean, yeah. Your everyday teenager, Alex Yeah, Rogan. your everyday 28-year-old teenager. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the 80s. Uh, the last Starfighter has a runtime of 101 minutes. It's rated PG. Production budget of $15 million. As I said, it came out in 1984. It came out July 13th, 1984. It's opening weekend. It did $6 million. Domestic and worldwide are the same, $28.7 million. I'm going to venture that it probably had some kind of international release, uh, even for back then, but maybe it just didn't do enough. Or my numbers could be off because um, uh, we, we've been proven wrong before in terms of where we find the numbers and who has what. Right. Uh, but I could not find anything else. Uh, production company was Lorimar Productions and distributed by Universal Pictures. It came out on the 13th. It went up against in a wide release. Butler's favorite film, The Muppets Take Manhattan. I like That's that f- film. I know it's you It's no do. Muppets Christmas Carol, but it's good. A big time summer release in uh, 1984. Well, that's coming right off the heels of the uh, first Muppet movie, right? Which was really big. Yeah. Well, these are the only two films that came out that week. So that was it. It was the Muppets and the Last Starfighter. You like was- kids movies? Well, that's all you can <laughs> I don't know. I mean, case could be made that Last Starfighter is probably a PG-13 film. Uh, but this is obviously before PG-13 became a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, as we've talked about before on the podcast. Uh, the week after the 20th of July, you had Best Defense. 
the never-ending story and electric dreams and wide releases and in a limited release you had the bostonians and a little independent film called revenge of the nerds <laughs> that's a joke uh the week before the 29th of june you had which is funny because the week before is not the 29th of june the week before is july 6th but I guess they didn't have a, they, there was no release date. Nothing came out on July 6th. So I wonder if they hid from the, the post July 4th holiday back in the eighties. I'm not really sure. I don't know that history, but the weekend before they had, uh, which was the 29th of June, they had cannibal run Two, Conan, the destroyer, which is the sequel to Conan, the barbarian and bachelor party. So that's quite the slate of films there, uh, going into the July 4th weekend, but they didn't have anything after July 4th, which I find odd. I mean, but it's the 80s I don't know if I've ever seen the sequel to Conan. Maybe I'm just probably combining the two when I think about them. You probably have. I mean, I mean, where would you see them? They're probably what on stars. They're probably on TV. I know I've seen seen the first one a bunch of times on TV, but like I said, maybe it was also the second one and like combined them. Have you seen? Uh, did you see the Cannibal Run movies? Did you see Cannibal Run two? Not two. Two's all right. Two's well, obviously the first one's better. I mean, Two's isn't okay. that what she's watching in the Medium Place in the Good Place show? I don't re- watch The Good Place, man. Oh, you didn't watch The Good Place? No, I don't. There's a one person who wasn't sent to either heaven or hell. It's the only mm-hmm. person. And she gets all this okay stuff like Sprite, but it's lukewarm, a bunch of old TV guides. And I think a copy of Cannonball Run 2 was like one of the movies she was forced like right. in her, <laughs> her like medium place. That makes sense. I mean, I've seen Bachelor Party. Uh, I've seen all actually I've seen all three of those films. Uh, so, you know, that, that, that runs the gamut, though. You have an action film. You have a comedy action and then just a straight comedy with Bachelor Party. Right. Um, so this movie was directed by Nick Castle, who did Dennis the Menace, Major Pain, Mr. Wrong, and Tag, the Assassination Game, which I think he did before this film or after. And it's about a game of tag that goes uh, goes wrong. Somebody <laughs> plays for real. But it's with Linda Hamilton. And I was like, hmm. Really? I want to uh, check that out. Yeah. So I was... I was going to say, I heard of all the other ones. Yeah. Uh, Written by Jonathan Boutel, uh, who's done the TV show Freddy's Nightmares. He did a lot of episodes there. Probably, I think you believe he produced it as well. He also did Theodore Rex and My Science Project. Cinematographer was King Baggett, who did Revenge of the Nerds, Gotcha, and Dream a Little Dream. I have to say gotcha like that. It has an exclamation point. (laughs) Composer was Greg Safin, uh, who did Thief, movie we did. On mm-hmm. the show, uh, Cheers, the, the TV show Cheers did a lot of that stuff. And then The Legend of Billie Jean, edited by Carol Timothy O'Mara, who was nominated for an Oscar for The Rose. He also did Hoosiers, uh, a movie that I enjoy and undeclared the TV show, which I like quite a bit, but only had one, like, like a six or seven, 13 episode season run or something like that. Uh, produced by Gary Adelson and Edward O. Denault. Uh, Edelson has done Hard to Kill and Jade. And an adult has done the TV show Knott's Landing, Dallas, and Falcon Crest, which are all connected in some way. All CBS shows. So, yeah. And all were long. In terms of many seasons, many episodes, many TV stars. Hmm. This movie doesn't have a huge cast, Butler. I didn't... Um, I mean... I could have gone through everybody in the trailer park, but I was going to say there's lots of little parts. Yeah. I, I didn't want to just start breaking down everything. Um, you had Lance guest who plays Alex Rogan and beta Alex, which we'll get into. Uh, he is, he is Michael in jaws, the revenge, which I did never put that. I never put that together <laughs> until I'm watching this. And I'm like, he is just really familiar. And I know I've seen him in other things. Uh, he's also in Halloween too. And just the way you are. Catherine Mary Stewart as Maggie Gordon, who is in Night of the Comic, Weekend at Bernie's, and Love and Dancing. 
Robert Preston as Centauri, who uh, was nominated for an Oscar for Victor Victoria. He's also in The Music Man. That's how I know him, uh, mm-hmm. mostly, and How the West Was Won. Dan O'Herlihy as Grig. He is the alien that Alex befriends. Uh, he has been nominated for an Oscar for Robinson Crusoe. And he's also, he's the, um, he is the CEO in RoboCop. That's how I know him. Yes, I know. As soon as I saw, I mean, I, as the alien, I didn't recognize him. But I went through his IMDb. I was like, oh, man. Yeah. He's also on Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> he's also on Halloween 3. Uh, Norman Snow as Zur from Manhunter and Rollover. Dan Mason as Lord Krill. That's the bad guy that I get. Well, Zur is the bad guy. And Lord Krill is the alien species that Zur is teaming up with, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is in the movie Incubus. And then there's a young Will Wheaton in this film. Butler, did you catch him? No, where was he? He is Lewis's friend. So he is uh, uh, Alex's, uh, I'm assuming it's Alex's brother because they don't really, we'll get into it a little bit. I know it's his brother, but like, there's really no, like, like at the end of the movie, they don't hug when he leaves. He's just like, see it, kid. It's like, it's your yeah. brother. But anyways. I actually made that comment. At least yeah. was watching the end with me and I'm like, eh, fuck you. Get, fuck you. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> but I guess he is, um, Will Wheaton's his friend. And I, there's a couple scenes that were cut out of the movie that Wheaton was in. Um, he had two speaking scenes, but they were cut. So you kind of see him in the background, but he, um, but what his, most of his stuff was on the cutting room floor. Is this pre or post stand by me? Oh, uh, stand by me is 1989, I believe. 86. 86. Wow. All right. Then, so yeah, um, that's before. Cause I was going to say, you're not cutting them out after stand by me. Yeah. So, well, yeah, true. Very true. It should have been you, Gordy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right. So you. What's your relationship with the film? Had you had you ever seen it before? No, never heard of it. Oh, I think uh, uh, almost everybody has at least heard the name The Last Starfighter. Right. Uh, I don't know if a lot of people have seen it. I think this is a movie that you're going to get a lot of people like my age who will go, "Oh, I've seen it before." Yeah, because everybody my age knows of it, but I think very few people my age and definitely younger have seen it. But we'll get into that. Um, what about you? I've seen it once in its totality when I was y- younger. And I saw it bits and pieces of it. Like it was on, but I wasn't super paying attention Mm -hmm. probably about 10 years ago. Okay. So what did you think uh, revisiting it for, for forgotten cinema? It's okay. (laughs) There are parts that are great and there are parts that are like uh, a lot of the special effects are both awful and impressive for their time. And some of the stories just like, I wish they'd gone further with this stuff and, and didn't focus on this or, you know, it could have been a little longer if it were a little more exciting. Mm-hmm. But I think with what they have in the movie, it's the perfect length. But I really wanted to see like more of Beta's story. I thought Beta's story was much more interesting and fun than The Last Starfighter. So like Alex's main story, I thought they just kind of beat you over the head with the same theme, the same lesson, his same story arc over and over and over and he just doesn't get it until he just gets it mm-hmm. but he's presented with the same kind of situation over and over and over again until finally for some reason that's the situation that makes him go oh yeah yeah now i'll now i'll do it so yeah. that was a little annoying uh but overall i mean centurion uh what was his name centauri centauri i keep trying to call him centurion centauri i like him a lot uh, i think he's really good and um Obviously, I think Alex Rogan as, or Alex Rogan, the the beta, the robot, mm-hmm. is really good. I really enjoy him. And uh, some of the stuff he says to Maggie in the park is really funny. 
Yeah. And Grig, Grig is pretty good, but Grig reminds me a lot of like the alien, like when we watched Alienation just a few episodes ago. Right. That kind of like he doesn't get it, but he's a nice guy, alien kind of a buddy kind of thing. And he looks a lot like the alien from Enemy Mine. That yeah. was one of my first thoughts. Agreed. I also thought while we're on that topic, I also thought Lord Lord Krill, the uh, bad guy aliens, did like get, the people from Galaxy Quest just kind of take that and run with it because they, they look like. Oh, they the, do look a lot like that. Yeah. Like the Galaxy Quest guys obviously look like an enhanced version of it. They have to add more stuff to it, but they definitely have the same facial features. They're the same aesthetic. Yeah. 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 Uh, So you're talking about the beta unit is uh, when Alex goes off to space to fight for the, say the frontier, they leave behind a kind of like a clone. Right. He's a, he's a a, uh, Android, I guess a robot, which I didn't Uh, remember watching this movie again, even though I watched it just like 10 years ago. mm -hmm. I was like, I don't remember the storyline. Yeah. Which is weird because it's probably my favorite storyline in the movie. Well, you're like the focus group then. You're like the test audiences because they added those scenes. They added the scene when he takes off his head to fix his ear. And they mm-hmm. added the scene uh, in the at the campsite when he tells her, is it, is it my turn to stick my tongue in your ear? Because test audiences liked the beta Alex stuff. They thought it was funny. So they went back and shot, reshot some of those scenes and added them in there. Uh, so you're just like the test audience, Butler. Well, if you don't <laughs> go back and you just have those two scenes, it doesn't make a lot of sense. I mean, mm-hmm. I get you want to explain where Alex is so that no one's really concerned because you don't want to focus on that in your movie. Right. But then you might as well just not have the conversation with the two Alexes. Just make that make it like Alex is sick and he's just moaning in his bed the whole time. Right, right. And then boom, you're done with that one scene. But because you present a new character, I feel like you have to add those scenes. Like it's just essential to the movie now. You don't think that it takes away from the main plot of the movie? Even though they do give the beta Alex the subplot of sacrificing his life to stop them from telling uh, Lord Krill and Zur that, uh, you know, Alex is not dead. Which I also Which thought was stupid, but. Well, I don't, yeah. it doesn't, it really doesn't, <laughs> what, what, what information, how does that information make any sense that it, it was a little odd that they're so scared of one starfighter <laughs> um, that they're not going to, this, they've just killed like all the starfighters at the base. With the exception of one, I, I, why would they think that one would stop them? So I, I didn't get that, but yeah. whatever, it's a movie. Yeah, they needed a little bit more of like, I think the bad guys hearing about the star, last Starfighters, like pump them up a little bit more in terms of like being these legends that everybody's afraid of. Right. Like, oh, Starfighter. But also even like the guy gets out, the, the bounty hunter gets out, the last Starfighter is, who's not knowing that he's saying he's still alive? Like, uh, obviously- <laughs> He's dead, of one course. single dude. Yeah. <laughs> He's dead. What does it matter? So obviously to the main guy who's going to send them after the uh Rigel or Rylan or Rilo. Uh Rylos. Rylos. Right. Rylos. Send him after Ry- send him to Rylos. Like he doesn't care. Mm-hmm. And if he doesn't care, then why do we care? Mm-hmm. So Beta's sacrifice was and Beta could obviously have just driven the car, jumped out of it just like Maggie jumped out of it and survived. What you're saying, if that scene was also added, because how does he get from the truck with Maggie if they weren't in the park together, unless it was a shorter scene and they just extended it? Maybe, maybe they maybe just- Maybe that's why yeah. they killed him off, because it was like, we got to get rid of him. We've given him too many scenes. Mm-hmm. And in the original movie, maybe he didn't do anything. Mm-hmm. Maybe there was that one bounty hunter scene and that was it. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think you'd like to see a little bit more connection between Beta Alex and Alex. I actually don't need the Beta Alex stuff so much so if the 
Alex in space does kind of drag a little. I had mentioned to a friend of mine that for an action film, there's not a lot of action. No, yeah, uh, you get that one kind of fight and that's it. Yeah, and there's not a lot happening. And uh, to your point about how, how Alex uh, consistently, you know, is, is hemming and hawing about, about, you know, accepting his role or fighting the enemy or whatever it is. He, it's almost like, you know, when they, when you learn about the writer's journey, when you're writing and you, and, 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 you know, you're building screenplays and building scripts and stories that there's always like the hero always ter- turns away from the, turns away from his heroic action that he needs to take. Like he turns right. down the journey. Three so or that, four times in this right. movie. That, that always happens. In the, yeah. It always happens in any movie and you have to, if you watch movies you, and, and this follows that you can definitely see it. Um, but yeah, in this film, what you're talking about, he does it multiple times. So it's, it's a little too much. I hear what you're saying. Um, you know, once he goes back home, mm-hmm. once he makes Centauri take him back home and then he really, and then he goes back, that should have been it. Yep. Yeah. The whole stuff with Greg and, and him, Greg trying to like give him pep talks and Greg gives that, uh, that fist pump. Do you remember that, that scene when he's, he's, uh, Oh, when he kills like, the first one. Yeah. When he's like, he's like, yeah. And he gives that fist pump. I'm yeah. like, my, my notes like love the fist pump. No. <laughs> <laughs> you can't tell a, a cave iguana what he's what he can and cannot do. <laughs> yeah, uh, in ter- we'll just in- kind of give you like where I'm coming from with this film. I saw this film a couple times. It's one of the '80s films that I don't have high reverence for, like other '80s films. You know, like we always talk about classic '80s films. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Back to the Future, The Burbs, all that stuff. Like just, just. The Goonies. I, I, this one, I never, I never really connected with. I think it's right. a great idea. I well, think. I think it's yeah. right for a remake. Yeah. Right. Right. I just never, even back then when I watched it, and I probably watched this in the nineties. I never, I didn't watch this when it first came out. Um, and I just never really was just kind of like, eh, that was all right. I never really connected with it as a lot of my friends have. Right. Maybe that's just because they saw it in the theaters before me. I just, I think I know that I know it's the eighties and I know the digital effects are breathtaking and groundbreaking at the time. Cause they're just like Tron. Uh, but they just look just, it looks like a, a video game. It looks like it's it all does. done on a video game. And that's, again, I can't, I'm not really saying that in terms of like, I hold it against the movie. It's just, it doesn't age well in terms of watching it now. Well, you get even like some lame Roger Corman type sci-fi movies would use actual miniatures mm-hmm. and they would look better than this. I think they were trying something with the CG, mm-hmm. but it does come off as gamey. I think even back then, maybe. Uh, and without the physical sets and the physical models, like you watch obviously Star Wars, but even like Wrath of Khan or, you know, Battlestar Galactica, the old series and, and little mini movies. Those all look really good still today because the way the light hits the model, the way the models look, the fact that the models actually explode, which is still stuff you couldn't do back then with the computer effects. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This movie was done on all the effects were done on the Cray XMP computer by digital productions. So it's just, and you're right. Like with star Wars and the movies you're talking about, they mixed, uh, it was a blend of practical and computer effects. And uh, they probably just had more money too. Let's be honest this one, had only what a fifteen million dollar budget. Yeah, I think it was fifteen said? or sixteen. Yeah, fifteen yeah. million. It, it just probably didn't have the money that they could put into that. Um, and to be fair, the, the the effects that they're making, 
it ate up a chunk of the budget. So it's not like the effects they were making were oh, I believe it. Yeah. cheap. So even for, so for back then. So uh, I, I understand the limitations they probably had. And again, I'm not, I'm not holding the effects against this film. I just think it's really difficult to, other than nostalgia purposes and other than just like, Oh, I remember, I remember that film. And other, <laughs> other than a great, uh, a great, you know, idea for a plot. I just can't, this movie just doesn't hold up for me. But to be fair, like I said, it never really struck a chord with me when I was younger. Right. I pretty much the same way. I mean, I think that's why I never went back to it. Mm-hmm. Knowing that, you know, Last Starfighter was like legendary. I was like, I watched it once when I was younger. I'm I'm good. <laughs> Which yeah, is weird because I, I used to watch stuff like this all the time when I was little. And a movie about a guy playing video games well enough that he gets recruited to be an actual Starfighter. You'd be like, yeah. Which I think is where, obviously, that's where the fame came from. Mm-hmm. That idea that you can play video games, be really good. And, you know, suddenly you are that Starfighter thing. That's like a video game player's uh, dream come true as a kid. Well, I think we're... I don't even think we're at the pinnacle of what video games can do for people in terms of training or whatever. I think we're there. I think we're close. You know, I think a lot of stuff is done. I mean, look at the people that, oh, you, yeah, know what you I mean, mean like, like in terms of real simulators and stuff right, like that. Yeah. 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 Um, you know, so I don't, I think the ideas that they're talking about in this movie are, have come to fruition and are on the right track. I mean, yeah. you know, so uh, what do you think since we were talking about, the um we're talking about alex we're talking about lance guest what did you think about just aside from beta alex and alex um what did you think about the performances in the film i mean i'm gonna tell you right now i love robert preston so (laughs) i've i I always loved the music man that's one of my favorite movie musicals um but i had seen him a couple months ago in victor victoria because i had not seen that film i was like oh i saw on the criterion channel Criterion, uh, and I wanted to watch it, and I and I and he is like he is fantastic in that film. He's great, and I I love Robert Preston. So I know in this film, I think it's probably I know if you say like you like him, I I, I agree with you hundred percent. But what did you think about the overall performances in the movie? Maybe just the the main cast. Uh, I think Alex does fine. I think he's like I've mentioned before. I joke that he's twenty eight years old doing this movie. I think he's a little too old to play like a, a college kid, like oh, I'm going to get my college acceptance papers. <laughs> He's also too old to be playing that video game and being like, mom, I got that high score. <laughs> like, I'm not saying he's too old to be excited about getting the high score. I, I'm 35. I play video games all the time. I, I get it, but I don't go going to my mom and go, mom, I got the high score in, in, you know, Starfighter after she does a double shift at the diner, you know, at midnight, <laughs> it's like, calm down, kid you're waiting to get accepted into the college or you're alone to get into college. I guess he's already accepted, but I just don't, I think a younger character where he's a little bit more bright eyed and younger would have maybe hit a little bit better, especially for, I think the target audience of like little kids playing video games, hoping they can achieve greatness. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think he plays it well. I think he plays his conversations with beta. Alex are really good. The conversations where he's in the uh, bedroom with his little brother are really good. Uh, I think it's, it's just, his, I think it's more believable not to cut you off. Yep. I think it's, it's more believable that Alex will get excited about the game than it is about the entire trailer park rushing up the steps to see him get the high score in the video game. Oh, I absolutely. Feel- I have that though. It's like, no way. All these old people, old people don't care about video games now. You think they didn't care about him in 1980s. Come on. <laughs> I just had visions of that documentary 
uh, about Donkey Kong when the when the kids walking around the arcade telling everyone Donkey Kong Kill Screen coming up, Donkey Kong Kill Screen coming up. I just was like, this is what are you, what, what are you people doing, Alex? What's going on? Let's go! <laughs> like nobody cares. He's about to hit over nine hundred thousand. Yeah. Meanwhile, we just came, we're about fifteen to twenty minutes off from him getting yelled at to fix Elvira's uh, cable because she's got to watch her show. Uh, you know. <laughs> Powers out. It's going to take me all day, mom. Yeah, I know. I love that I too. I got to go to the Kashi station to get some power converters. He, his mother tells the woman like, ah, oh, he'll be over here. It'll be no problem. You'll be able to make your show. And he's like, it's going to take me all day. It's like, <laughs> I'm like, what is going on with this? Just what's going on with this power situation here? But yeah, you're right. It's like, it's like Luke Skywalker. It's exactly like Luke Skywalker. Which makes sense because it's clearly taking from, you know, Star Wars. Of course. Everything took from Star Wars in, after 77 because they all, they all saw how much money it made and they all wanted to capitalize on that. Absolutely. I know after that, why do the old people care line is uh, from when Alex and Maggie were talking about their future together and how he, he loves her. And it's you and me, me, you, me and you forever, blah, blah, blah. And then you cut to his little brother, Lewis going, ugh, diarrhea. I was like, I feel the same way, kid. That is diarrhea <laughs> dialogue right there. That is awful dialogue. <laughs> I was like, um, when did this, when did this soap opera dialogue co- suddenly come into this movie? This movie is, is listed on Wikipedia as a, as a space opera. Okay. I, I, I mean, don't get that. In the I, loosest way possible. Yeah. As, is that because that's kind of, I've, I've heard that reference for star wars right um but 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 not like the main reference for star wars i've just heard people when they just start expounding upon star wars that's sometimes what they do it's like a big giant space opera yeah okay not this (laughs) no this is not a space opera and and half of it takes place on earth (laughs) i i feel like space operas i feel like would be not even star trek it'd be like star wars dune Mm -hmm. battlestar galactica like, it's got to be, like, wide scale, and this is so, like, yes, there's the frontier, but you're barely there. It's very small scale. Mm-hmm. Sci-fi, sure. I don't exactly understand the motivation. Like, what exactly is Zer doing? Like, I don't understand. He's being a generic video game bag. <laughs> no, obviously. <laughs> but I just don't understand what the heck is happening. <laughs> like, why are we attacking the frontier gate how far does this gate go uh i don't it's very just odd <laughs> i mean they talk about like the systems of this the whole universe which there's no way but like he's like all the free planets and then the dome protects them because everything outside the free planets is terrible mm-hmm. it doesn't I, make I, sense and why does he want to betray his father I, like what's the I, whole point I, of that what's the I, whole uh, Big head point to begin with. I don't. I don't know. Why do they all have receding hairlines? Even the women. When- <laughs> even the women is sexy. <laughs> I think I read the writer a- was half was a uh, was receding had a receding hairline. I I read a note that they were like it's just something they came up with and then uh, they were just stuck with it, <laughs> so they couldn't really <laughs> move beyond it. And I was just like, yeah, it's kind of it is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> So I, th- I, uh, I saw, I thought that I saw that note. I was like, okay, that makes sense. <laughs> I have a question for you. Sure. Maybe I missed something. When the stronghold gets destroyed because of one small piece, uh, well, cause he puts the C4 on the security guard turret saying, do we ever meet the traitor? Do we ever get into that? 
Or is there still like a traitor in their midst that we, that I missed? Well, that old guy, the the old guy that does that is the guy that when he drops, when Saturi takes, Hey, it's Alex. And he starts getting his clothing. He's the guy in the bat behind the guy handing out the clothing. He was the guy arguing with. Right. uh, Yeah. Okay. No, it's, it doesn't make any sense because he puts, you never see him again. That's and, okay. That's what he, I was wondering. Yeah. And yeah. he sabotages the defense system. And all I'm thinking is like, so you're dying too? Like what's anything what's, for the cause? What's, what's the, the plan cause? here? I yeah. don't know. Yeah. What's the, what's <laughs> the plan here, old man? So, <laughs> to have the other guy take over for no reason. Right. I just so, want a scepter. I just want a scepter. And you never use the scepter. Not once. <laughs> it's this yeah. big plot device that comes through and like, it might as well be space balls. You might have like a dildo might as well come out the front and made it a big joke. But instead of it's a big knife and it's like, oh, and now I have, it's like the payoff has to happen at some point. You got to use that knife. Right. Or he falls on the knife when the, his, his place about to explode and he falls on it. Well, he, yeah, he never, he never leaves the ship. He, no, he gets right. taken away whining and crying. Yeah. And then and presumably that, blows up with the rest of the ship. Right. He, it's, and when there's so many little moments like that in, in terms of in the movie that don't connect or don't, they don't complete that I thought I was going to get a lot of notes about issues with the writing with, you know, just kind of like the production, but nothing like that. No notes in terms of like any problems with cutting, you know, scenes short or the uh, executive interference or anything like that. I just, it, it, so that was the intent, I guess. I think they thought, you know, this is just a sci-fi kids movie. The nerds are going to eat it up. It's about being a video game hero. And they were like, it doesn't have to be smart. You're good. It's good. It's golden. Mm-hmm. Which should maybe worked back then. I don't, it would not work today. This film as it is, as it is as, now. As it is. Yeah. Well, well, similarly written. Well, you talked about this briefly before about how it's ripe for a remake. It's a, it was going to be remade uh, in 2018. Uh, Gary Witta wrote a script for it and that the, it, you know, that it was in the works. The reboot was in the works. But by 2020, what ended up happening was the writer, Warner Brothers, which is basically, they purchased Lorimar. So they're, that's Warner Brothers now. And Universal all claim ownership for the movie. Uh, so now so, it's in a, so in a it's stuck. pattern. Yeah. Right. It's stuck in legal issues. So it was, you know, pretty much ready to go. And it's now it's just like, okay, well, who owns it? But whoever does end up owning it, if they ever solve that, I guarantee you, you're going to see, you're, you're either going to see the remake out or you're going to see somebody adapt Armada because Armada, the book by Ernest Klein, the second book Ernest Klein wrote after Ready Player One is pretty much this storyline, except uh, they're training to defend Earth from, from aliens. And then the aliens show up and all these people are contracted to go fight in their drones. Uh, but it's just like, so... I can, if, once that's cleared up, I can definitely see it happening because like I said, the story is a good story. Right. Yeah. So. Like, I definitely I, think it could be spruced up, expand some storylines. Like I said before, it's really short, but it needs to be because there's, like you said, also there's no action in it. Right. There isn't a lot of action um, and I, it needs a bigger budget. Uh, and, and just to go off more of what I said about the reboot in 2021 and March, 2021, there's a sequel concept reel on YouTube called The Last Starfighters that has concept art 
by Matt Alsop and music by Chris Tilton and Craig Safin. So there's stuff, there's stuff online that you can check out that just tells you what it's going to look like. If you're interested or curious about that, it's called the YouTube's called the last, the reel's called the last star fighters with an S. And this is based on his script, Gary Wood's script. Yes. This is oh, based cool. on all that's just the, what the concept oh, so his, his, his would be a sequel, not a reboot, not a full reboot. It's, yeah. I apologize. It's a sequel. Yeah. Okay. It would be a sequel to that. Well, I mean, you, I mean, you don't, you don't necessarily need to reboot it. You could just kind of do it over again. That's true. But who knows? But like I said, it, it's, it, it could still be done. Uh, did you read the notes about the games that came out for it? The, the video games that were supposed to come out, but didn't, did you read all those notes? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. So they were supposed to have an arcade game. Um, but it just, it just never, it never materialized, um, because they, like Atari was going to, uh, it's in the end credits. It's promised in the end credits and it was going to oh, be Atari's. It? Yeah. It's going to, it was going to be Atari's first 3d polygonal arcade game. And it was going to use the Motorola 68,000 as the CPU for, for Texas techies out there. And it was just going to be the same thing you saw in the movie, but, um, it abandoned it. What's Atari saw them film in post-production and was like, yeah, this ain't going to be good. So they, just, <laughs> so they abandoned the game. And then well, after it was their, after yeah. their ET debacle. I'm sure they were oh. pretty cautious. Then they were going to do one for their consoles for the 5200, 2600 and then the 5200. Um, but they never released it under the Starfighter name. I think, I guess if you watched, if you played the game Star Raiders 2, that's kind of what the Starfighter game would have been. Okay. Um, but they just, it never, never came out. I guess the, um, there's an actual, in 1990, there's an NES game titled The Last Starfighter, but it's just a conversion of Iridium from Commodore 64. So it's not even the game. It's not even the movie they just game took the at license all. license and ran right. with it. And I know there's a freeware playable version of the game out there somewhere on PC. Oh, that somebody so, just made based on I, what the movie looks like? Yeah. So... I mean, for people who love video games and arcades and maybe like retro games and the history of it, that's probably a nice little uh, uh, tunnel to go down, a little uh, wormhole, rabbit hole to go down. Yeah. Uh, if you Especially if you're a fan like, of the movie, try to see if you can get that high score. Oh, yeah. <laughs> or, or at least see what games came out. Just kind of, you know, investigate all that. Right. Um, that sounds like a good uh, podcast episode for somebody to do. <laughs> <laughs> I have one more last note about the arcade stuff. Mm-hmm. Did you read the note about... Uh, Polybius, is that how you say that? Polybius, that, yeah. Polybius, yeah. yeah. Did you read that note? Oh yeah, I've watched a lot of documentaries on Polybius. Okay, so I get they were they were saying that because the the similarities in the plot of this film and the game mm-hmm. that that that's kind of got mixed in together. Did you when you watched the documentaries on that was that mentioned that was this game mentioned? I mean, this uh, movie, some of the documentaries me? like talk about Last Starfighter, but they don't like combine them. But there's a lot of talk about like what I mean. Obviously, Polybius was not real. Right. Uh, but there's a lot of talk like, oh, you know, it was government. It was to test you. But it was also like, a tr- but some people were like, it's a training thing. And if you got a high score, you'd be visited and brought into a room. Then other people were like, it was just to see if they could brainwash you and stuff like that. <laughs> it's a really interesting, like how that, like how serious people got about that and how much people like the articles that even came out in the eighties about it and how afraid everybody was about it. Uh, it's pretty interesting to see. It's like kind of like a creepypasta that gets its own kind of thing in mm-hmm. the eighties, just through video game magazines and newsletters and stuff. Mm-hmm. And people have recreated that video game cabinet too. And based on all the descriptions, people have actually made the game uh, in a bunch of different ways that are supposed to be as close to the game as possible. Hmm. Interesting. But, uh, it's, uh, those are some interesting documentaries just because of how 
deep that lore goes and how much they like people believed it back then, especially in the birth of the arcade age, which is kind of like this is like people believed that you could get, you know, sucked into the arcade games, kind of like how they talk about in Stranger Things, which I'm surprised they didn't with video games yet with the uh, Dungeons and Dragons, how it could be like a link to the devil, like they were ruining lives and and you become like an obsessed, like rabid person for playing too many arcade games all the time. Well, I mean, did you let, did you watch the last season? Yeah. Well, like I said, like what they did with D and D. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 I'm just, but you, you're, you're all caught up, right? No. Oh, okay. Yeah. No. Then you're <laughs> I'm not. I'm still watching it, but I know they're going with the D and D thing with. Like, we're doing the, the, the satanic Dragons panic. Yeah. 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 All that stuff. Yeah. yeah. No, I know they had similar panic with like arcade games. Yeah. But they can't, they're not, they won't do that twice. But yeah, I hear you. Did you, did you uh, see the thing about the action figures they made that never came out? Galoob. Remember Galoob? <laughs> the name is familiar. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Galoob used to make uh, action figures. So they were going to come out with uh, figures with Alex Rogan, trailer park Alex Rogan, and Star- <laughs> Starfighter outfit for Alex Rogan, uh, Maggie Gordon, Centauri, Grig, Zer, Krill, and Kodan, the uh, tentacled Starfighter, and the two Zandozans and Enderon. I don't even know what those two are. They're probably just mm-hmm. other alien Starfighters. Uh, and they were going to come out in two figure packs, but um, because the movie didn't do well, they just stopped. <laughs> it's weird that like the movie didn't do well because every I think everybody knows of the last Starfighter. I uh, think it did well on home video. I think maybe, it did yeah. well cult uh, in terms of just because it's it's definitely a movie where you might not want to go to the theater for it, but you'll watch it uh, if you'll rent it on well, at that time at, at Blockbuster right. or at your video store. So. Uh, I think that's probably how it, it it's uh, it, its status remained in the zeitgeist in terms of just home video market. It's also a very much like a kids movie. I feel like, uh, yeah. So uh, it, I I don't think it's a PG film. It's a PG film because there's nothing else to to put there. I think it needs to like the whole stuff with the kids making out is is funny, but if you're gonna do if it, if you if you want to go straight kids, you got to take that stuff out, and you have to make Alex younger, um, in order to kind of like Flight of the Navigator kind of thing, you know. Um, I don't know if that that you need that to keep it PG. I do think no, you I need to, to make him kids, younger for kids. Oh, for I kids, mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, the making out stuff, I don't think was wrong, but you're right that kids just won't care. Right, but this is a P, this is a PG thirteen film in a PG I don't world. Know if it's PG thirteen. Uh, okay. The next really? week's movie, I think, is PG thirteen. What Willow? Willow, yeah, but I, mm. I don't think there's a lot. the The spy's brain melting is a little yeah. oof. Uh, but other than that, like violence wise, there's oh, that's not true. Alex Ward when he's uh, Beta when he's still forming, coming like when he shows himself out of the covers, that was pretty uh, freaky. <laughs> I was like, oh, all right, that's cool. That's, that scared you? That didn't scare. If I was younger, I, I wouldn't like that. The big bulging eyes. Mm-hmm. I'd have been like, oh. <laughs> no, I think this would have been rated PG thirteen. Just be, not 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 necessarily because of swear words or action or violence, but because of situations. <laughs> yeah, seriously, but 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 about you know the the sexual situations like the, them making out. That's a, that's you know I don't know. It would be PG thirteen today, but you. even after PG thirteen came out, if this came out anytime before nineteen ninety five, I feel like it still would have been PG. I mean, I was just watching all the Harry Potters to before I go over to Universal Orlando. I watched Half Blood Prince. And that was rated PG. Mm-hmm. There's making out and bullying and, and killing and child mur- half-child murder when Harry tries to kill Draco. And they still rated that PG. 
America's a violent country, Mike. <laughs> I still think it would be PG-13. <laughs> um, did you... There's a couple of notes I have about uh, the people behind, people who worked on it. So did you know that Nick Castle, do you know that he plays the shape uh, in the yes. original, in all the Halloweens? I did not know yeah. that. I, I thought that was fascinating. He actually, they say like he returns to play the shape in the new Halloween series. Like That's like the guy returned to play Chewbacca. Yeah, there's no way he's in a lot. He's in one scene and then he's like, all right, I'm done. He's yep. Come on. We need <laughs> to keep you in the credits. Every that movie, counts. Each one of these three movies, you got to be standing up. Yeah, that counts. I, I mean, gee, come on. Peter Mayhew is listed as Chewbacca. Actually, no, the last one he was not. Oh, but yeah, he was like, screw it. I don't need this. <laughs> um, I didn't realize the note. I, the, one of the notes I have about King Baggett, who uh, is the cinematographer, he actually uh, was a KABC cameraman during the Sharon Tate murders. And he, I, there, he, him and his, the people that he worked with, he's the cameraman, the news anchor, and the tech, they all recreated events surrounding the murders because they had read the transcripts. So they wanted to, and they were recreating to see if what one of the witnesses had said could happen. So they were doing that and they had to get, he had to get called to the witness stand in that trial uh, to explain like what he did and, and how, you know, the, the events that this witness had said, uh, one of the people that was involved in the, in the incident could have happened. So I thought that was like, I'm like, wow. Oh, so it was so accurate that they brought him to the stand to kind right, of, they, yeah, because the police as didn't an expert the, witness. Okay. Right. Because the police didn't, the police just didn't do it. They skipped over it. They didn't even think of it. They didn't even think to try to like test that theory. Cause they either, they didn't believe the person that thought she right. was lying or they just didn't do their job. So I thought that was like, wow. So I thought that was cool. like, that's very interesting. <laughs> <laughs> and that's when he became a Hollywood man. Yeah. Well, you know, it's probably a side gig. Clearly my recreation is, is the dopest. I'm, I'm leaving news. I'm going to Hollywood. Did you also think when the mothership or whatever it was, the satellite ship crashes into the moon, Hey, that's the smallest moon I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> I, I more was thinking, we just give up awfully quick. I love that line. <laughs> what do we do now? We die. <laughs> <laughs> And he puts his little stupid screen on his eye too before he dies. I thought that was a great line. I was like, yes. <laughs> uh, that's a line that most people like from that movie. So yeah. Uh, oh, do that, they? Yeah, 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 absolutely. Uh, did you notice, did you know that the opening shot of Rylos when the movie begins where apparently the land is pink on Rylos and they zoom <laughs> out and all those, the red lines, like all that stuff, like mm -hmm. I guess... That actually was conceived as the new Universal logo. Like that was going to be the new Universal logo, but they didn't want it. They balked at it, so they didn't. Oh, so they really? used, yeah. So it, that that concept was used for this film. Yeah, I'm that. Eh. It was okay. <laughs> it's just it's an opening to a movie. Whatever. Yeah. I like the. Um, I don't know if this is on purpose or not, but how when they're going through space, when he's first going to Rylos, and they hit like light speed, the the color shifts. Mm -hmm. um, from blue to red. I believe that is exactly what happens when you hit light speed. Like uh, scientifically, you everything gets red shifted. Or is it blue shifted? It gets shifted in one of the colors, which they show because the way light travels, like that's the fastest light or whatever. That's the only thing you would see. Mm -hmm. So I thought that was cool. I don't know if that's on purpose or just for like stylistic purposes. And then they get red. But that's really what you would see would be if you were able to open your eyes going light speed, you would just see a whole bunch of red because it would be red. They can think they call it red shift. Okay. They stumbled into that is what you're saying. <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I never read anything either way, 
But I know that if you go, like, I know from like watching documentaries, if you ended up going light speed, you hit redshift. So mm. when they were doing that, I was like, did they know? Or that was just like, who wanted to go from blue to red? We thought it looked cool. Because <laughs> there's Maybe. also a lot of video game stuff in the movie. So I don't know if that was just like, it kind of looks like an arcade game. I also thought it was interesting when Alex first comes to the Starfighter base and they're all talking. Uh, and I don't remember if it's Grig asking Centauri. I think it's Grig asking Centauri. Uh, is this another Excalibur again? Oh. Uh Another Excalibur test. No, no, they didn't pull anything out of anything this time. It was a, it's a game. I thought that was kind of interesting. So it's like, so they've been testing humans since like for a long time then. And Centauri is technically Merlin at that point. Well, how long has the like war been going on? Yeah, I imagine forever. That's why yeah. they built all the entire universe wall or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I thought that was an interesting little throwaway line. Uh, I think there is a, a th- what I read and you know what? I, I don't have the notes in front of me, so I don't want to just say you know because I, I didn't write but i believe the original script was based a little bit in that lore in excal in the excalibur lore i think that's used as a template here and i think that's why he mentions that but again i don't have that note in front of me so i don't want to speak out of turn there but i'm pretty sure that that's that's not that's kind of like not so much a throwaway line in terms of they just toss it in there, but a throwback to what the original script might have had in there. Right. Um, so, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, Roger Ebert wrote that The Last Starfighter was not a terrifically original movie, but it was nonetheless well-made. <laughs> <laughs> and um, Holloway's film guide describes the film as a surprisingly pleasant variation on the Star Wars boom with sharp and witty performances from two reliable character actors and some elegant gadgetry to offset the teenage mooning. Uh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. I don't really, I didn't really connect with Grig. I know that Grig is kind of like his mentor, but it's usually it's Centauri in the beginning and then Centauri dies. You think? Right. Uh, and Centauri's then, not a good mentor because he's just a guy looking for money. He's their Han Solo. He's like the agent. He's like the agent John Lovitz from uh, uh, A League of Their Own. <laughs> <laughs> I just never really connected with the whole Grig Alex relationship. I um, think if I was young again, like if I was like six or seven watching this movie, I'd have thought Grig was funny because of his like super overly positive attitude and his fist pump. <laughs> yeah. But I think after you've, once you fit like 10 years old, you're just kind of like, it's not. That's well, just lame. You're just mm-hmm. lame, man. <laughs> Greg, stop being lame. Yeah. I think at that point you like Centauri a little bit more because he's a little bit more like, yeah, whatever. Just give me the money. <laughs> um, I like when he takes out his eyes. I thought that was kind of well done. Oh, when he wipes away his face and he's yeah, that, he's got his he's eyes that, and he's just wiping his eyes down. He looks like Greedo, except <laughs> he does he, without he a mouth. Doesn't have any bumps and he's like smooth and dark yep. instead of the green skin. And he doesn't have the little ears. Yeah. He absolutely looks like uh, Greedo. Smooth Greedo. Smooth Greedo. <laughs> <laughs> Their money is like complicated. This money looks like 10th sided die and, and with like a ring inside of it. That's just, that's just. Take your cash. Yeah, exactly. What's, 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 what's the future going to be like? That's that kind of thing. What's space money? Give me space money. <laughs> what do you think of the whole, like, what do you think of Maggie's decision to go with Alex? Like he's basically going off to go do a job and she's right. now like all I envision, uh, all I envision of the Maggie Alex relationship moving forward is 
the movie we did with the pint outland where she leaves Sean Connery in the beginning. Cause he just, oh, she's takes, just done with it. Yeah. She just, he just takes her from base to base in the space in space. And she's like, I can't do this anymore. I got to go back home to earth. Like, that's what I envisioned. Like, like at least again, I'm going to reference another movie, at least with star Trek four, when they, when they take the Marine biologist back to, I mean, excuse me, to the future, she has a job that she can help out with. She's there to help with the whales and, and among, amongst other things as well. So I'm course. sure she goes, I'd like to learn more. And they're like, you're the whale lady. We don't have time. Exactly. We don't but, have time for this. What's Maggie going to do? Like her dream is not, is clearly not to leave. And her decision to go with Alex is just, I think is a little spontaneous. And I think she's going to regret it's true. that. <laughs> well, it's like wishy-washy because he's clearly going to leave the city. He, he's gotten accepted into the college. He's just waiting for his loan to be approved. Mm-hmm. Like, is she not, why doesn't she tell him then, listen, I think I'm staying here because yeah. he's all set to move to the apartment and get her in. But then and when it's presented to her, oh, I got to stay with my grandmother. I just can't. It's like, Alex, this lady's not meant for you then. She doesn't have the same dreams and aspirations you do. Right. She's going to go off. She's going to go up into space with him and she's going to end up getting some kind of data entry job. Which she doesn't understand any. <laughs> she doesn't understand anything of that. I don't. It's a. It's it's a bad decision on Maggie's part. Like that's the sequel I want. Maggie in space. And it's gonna be all I want to do is stay in my trailer park, <laughs> drink beers, and go to the movies or whatever. He he yells at his friends. I, I, yeah, I picture the movie A Marriage Story, but with them in space, where he where it's a relationship <laughs> that's falling apart, and it's just a sad film. And it, like like it's just like I don't that that decision just seems like that's just for Alex. That's like. The other a thing happy is, ending how, for Alex. Is Alex going to be in space teaching them forever? I don't know what he's doing. I honestly don't know what he's doing up there. I don't know what his what the plan is. What's he rebuilding? Is he just training everybody in the arcade game? I don't understand what he's doing up there. He's got to find more starfighters. They, well, they didn't even say to find him. He said to train the last the next starfighters. <laughs> so let's just send the game down. To, send the game to Las Vegas. Of all places, why Las Vegas? The original arcade arcade box was supposed to go to Las Vegas instead of where he is. Right. I didn't get that. I, just, I mean, it's a big city, I guess. So somewhere, put it in somewhere other than Los Angeles and New York. Do not say Los Angeles and New York. <laughs> But like, what's he going to do after he trains the new Starfighters? Is he ever going to come back to Earth? I don't. And then once he gets back to Earth, he's just going to be in a trailer park. Was he going to do, uh, what was your job history? Well, you know, I worked at a, I worked at a trailer park for a while fixing antennas. And then I see a 10 year gap here. What did you do there? Well, I, I, I went to Rylos. So I was the last Starfighter. <laughs> I trained a bunch of people on these uh, brand new uh, fighter jets. You know, I, I was, I was mostly the gunner. I was, okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the exit's that way. Please yeah, no, exactly. see yourself out. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, thanks for coming in. Oh, that's it. No, that's it. I think we got all we got. <laughs> we, got we got what we need there. Uh, like here's something else is the final scene where they show the brother and he gets on the, uh, the stool in front of the game is a great shot. Great shot in terms of what everything's the, the wind and the light. And he's just staring at the screen mm-hmm. um, at the, at the end. But what I don't like is that he's just watching a digital uh, version of the plane leaving where he should have started playing the game because he wants to go be like Alex. Like that's that's the action you need in that shot. Him he starting to have play a the quarter game. on him. Obviously. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just it's a really good shot. I love that shot. I just don't like that. He's just. Yeah. Whoa. It's like, why are you opting to watch? The digital video video version of of something that's happening in real life right in front of you. Like, I don't, it's what a, what a kid thing to do. (laughs) I I was going to say, it's like, 
it's foreshadowing today where everyone's watching fireworks from their phones mm. while fireworks are going. <laughs> <laughs> and then, of course, you mentioned the fact that he doesn't give his brother a hug. Uh, just yeah, and, like, and his mom barely gets one too. Yeah. Uh, so long. See you guys. It's like, I feel like uh, you gave the randos. <laughs> Ethel got a little bit more of a goodbye than your mom and your brother. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I of mean, course, there's only room on. Sorry, sport. There's only room on this plane for one person, and it ain't you. Yeah. It's Maggie, my come girl. <laughs> I just. I would love them as as they're going up that ramp. That uh, not the ramp. Jumps the, off. Uh, well, the the, the slowest the slowest elevator in the world. Like I would love. She. It's just kind of like. Let's get married. And she's like, hold on there. Wait a minute now. I didn't, I, <laughs> <laughs> and it just starts coming down. Maggie, stay and see you later. <laughs> you know, Greg can space marry us in the ship. <laughs> oh, Greg, who the actor O'Hurley played the his wife version of Greg as well in the photo. So that's actually him. So why do we say this is forgotten? I think uh, it's known. I think everybody knows of it. Or I think pretty much, yeah. I think anybody who knows anything about movies knows the name The Last Starfighter. Sure. I think people my age are probably the last group of people that have watched The Last Starfighter. And I would even say then it kind of gets wishy-washy around people around my age. um, If they liked films, if they like these type of films, sci-fi films. And then anything younger, I think they just might have heard the name The Last Starfighter here and there as a comparison to other movies. And so I think that it kind of dropped off. It's not available on streaming any, anywhere, which, you know, this would be a movie you think you'd be streaming. Uh, I know it used to be on TV a lot when I was little, but then, well, you know, growing up, I don't think I remember seeing it often on TV. That might have to do with who owns the rights to the that rights, whole yeah. fight thing. That might have to do with that. And that kind of stuff always happens. Like when the rights get all mixed up, it's tough. Although mm-hmm. you can still rent it. So it's not so bad that you can't find this movie. Well, those people are paying for the right to rent it. So, but yeah, you're right. You're right. Uh, I agree with you. I think, I think uh, that pretty much, and that the, obviously the effects don't hold up. Yeah. I think that's the, the big thing. Stuff. I think the, I think the effects don't hold up as much as other films from the era. Um, mm-hmm. And they're not strong. They're not, um, they just can't overcome that. I think it's difficult to like people who love film and people maybe who are our age, who remember eighties films and look back lovingly might will probably uh, cherish this film and herald this movie. But I think you have, it's tough to kind of tell, get a younger crowd to, to really watch this film and then understand like, you know, these effects are not great, (laughs) (laughs) you know, like, so I think it's tough to, uh, for it to carry over that, that kind of like, uh, fervor for that film to carry over. I think if you do like a TCM classic in the theater for like one, uh, seven o'clock on a Wednesday night, you're getting 20 people. Maybe, you know, you're not going to get a lot of people. Maybe you'll get more. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe we're wrong about that, but uh, I think you get more, but I think they're all like old fans. You're not yeah. going to get any new fans. Cause I think we always talk about like, would who would you show this to? Like, mm-hmm. I don't think, I don't think I would show this to really anybody. It's like, maybe if you really want to see what last Starfighter is about, or hey, like let's say they made a movie version of Armada, or even Ready Player One. I guess has a little bit of that, like video game players save the world. I, I would just sh- say I, I think I it's a know. yeah. I think it's a good movie. To, I think it's a movie to show that when you're like, ah, oh, check out. If like, hey, could you give me a list of '80s films that you think I should watch? I I'd, I'd put it on the list because it's a summer film. It's definitely it came out at the right time. It's definitely a summer popcorn film. 
Uh, it, I would say, you know what, Butler, it's probably Last Starfighter is probably a good double feature for a Saturday night when you're watching movies. Yeah. Let's so, watch this and then watch a better 80s movie. Yeah. Yeah. Actually. I think yeah. It's, it's a good one to toss in there. I think like it, you could watch this along with Tron, you know, like something like that. I, I think it's definitely that kind of film where it's a, it's a good double feature film, but I think maybe it just, people just kind of don't, maybe lack of availability, like you said. Yeah. And then just people just don't gravitate towards it because there's other films out there that are shinier and you know what I mean? Or look better. So they, they, they always just watch those. Yeah. I mean, it would be tough to show a kid now last starfighter and be like, Hey, look, there's nothing with the effects. There's nothing for them to latch onto. Mm -hmm. Like Mm -hmm. you can show people star Wars. The aliens are still there. The ships are still like, you can go in the millennium Falcon and this is just, yeah, (laughs) it's all the sets aren't very good. The aliens are generic and then everything else is fake. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, all the, all of the effects are just all special effects, no practical mixed in. So it's, yeah. it's just like video game, you know, that's what it feels like. Um, so yeah. Yeah. So where can they find us? You can find us at forgotten cinemapod.com or forgotten entertainment.com as we are part of the forgotten entertainment family. While you're there, check out all the other great podcasts and video content we have for your, uh, listening and viewing pleasure. And you can find us on any podcast platform. Hey, you're listening to us right now, wherever you are, why don't you hit the like button, hit the subscribe button, all that good stuff helps our podcast grow. Go in the lobby, tell us how wrong we are about how we've talked about what's wrong with The Last Starfighter. I'm sure some people were hoping for a love fest and uh, they didn't get it. And join us next week as we're going, we're staying in the 80s. We're 1988. We're going to be doing the movie Willow, which Butler referred to in this episode a little bit. Uh, it's also coinciding with the TV series sequel Willow that's coming out on Disney plus. So I suspect Willow, that we will not be the only podcast with this episode on the movie Willow this week when people are <laughs> next week when people do it. So uh, I would imagine that. Yeah. So, uh, but we'll see how it does. Hopefully, uh, hopefully this does well. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so until then, everyone have a great week. I'm Mike field. I'm Mike Butler. And this has been forgotten cinema field. What do we do now? We die.